Hello and welcome to this August podcast. European power markets have experienced an astonishing year in 2022. Prices have surged to record highs and governments started to prepare for rolling blackouts, hoping that wind will blow and that Europe could be spared of long cold snaps. One of the main drivers of that tight situation was the struggle on the power generation side, as output from nuclear and hydropower plants was below historical averages, while new wind and solar capacity did not rise fast enough to fill the gap. But one key aspect in that balance remains ignored, the demand side. I'm Juan Weick, editor of Argos European Electricity News Desk, and today we have three of our reporters to help explain how demand has changed during the crisis and how it could evolve in the future. So uh, welcome to Tatiana Serova, who mainly covers the French and Central Western European electricity markets, Apostolos Tizarikas, our expert on Eastern and South, Southeast Europe, and Tim Santon, who looks at Italian and Southern European markets. So to start with, uh, tell us, uh, Tatiana and Tim, please, uh, you've been covering Central Western Europe and Iberia. How has power demand evolved in those regions? There's a very clear trend observed in all those markets, and that's a sharp reduction of overall energy consumption. In France, power demand in December dropped by around 10% compared with pre-COVID levels, and that decline has been amplifying each week since autumn, despite colder temperatures. And that's something unusual, as France has a high share of electric heating, which makes power demand more sensitive to weather changes than other countries. And the same thing has been happening in Germany, Europe's biggest power consumer, where overall energy consumption has dropped by around 5% on the year in 2022, and power demand specifically has fallen by 8% in autumn. And uh, no surprise, uh, in Italy, that decrease has also been very strong, uh, with power demand in the fourth quarter 7% lower than in the previous year. Uh, lower industrial consumption and higher overnight temperatures in major cities like Rome and Milan were the main factors here. And there has been a long and even stronger decline uh, in the north of the country, where most of the chemical and metal industries are located. In Spain, power demand in October reached the second lowest for any month since May 2003, only above April 2020, which was the first full month impacted by the pandemic. Uh, demand did rise slightly in November and December, but was still very low. And mainland Spain ended 2022 with the lowest power consumption since 2003, so even below 2020. Uh, as in Italy, above average temperatures and lower industrial activity affected consumption. Thanks, Tatiana and team. Uh, and what about uh, Eastern Europe, Apostolos? Was it a similar picture there? Uh, yes, so in that region, the sharpest decline has been observed in Greece and Romania, uh, the main uh, two markets. Romania saw an 8% an decline on the year, and in Greece, power demand was close to 2021 levels in the first half of the, of the year, but then fell sharp, sharply in the second half. Part of the explanation is in the milder temperatures in Athens and Bucharest during the summer, around 1 uh, degree Celsius below the previous year, which resulted in less power demand for cooling. But another driver here is a slowdown in industrial activity as a result of high power prices. 
in contrast, if we look elsewhere in the region, Kosovo has been actually struggling to meet demand. There were power cuts during the summer and state-owned utility kids asked consumers to ration the power consumption. The decline in demand reached 15% in November and 8% in December. So it looks like industries have been experiencing the strongest decline in demand, more than households. So what is exactly happening to them, uh, Tatiana? In France, uh, power-intensive industries saw a 16% year-on-year drop in demand in December, with the chemistry and metallurgy sector being hit the strongest. Some of those industrial firms did not hedge enough through long-term contracts and now have to buy power on the spot market, which has shown extreme volatility, as you know, over the past month. So how did they bring demand down? Mainly through changes in production patterns for those who could, but others, such as the aluminum sector, have to operate continuously and didn't have any choice sometimes than slowing production or shutting down completely. Uh, Italy has adopted a more market-based approach uh, to reduce industrial demand. Turner, the power transmission system operator there, uh, will carry out tenders for power-intensive industries who are willing to ramp down their demand until the end of January, for example. And Turner may also ask these companies to remain available for 300 extra hours of consumption reduction until the end of March 2023. Uh, In Spain, A key indicator of industrial power consumption comes from combined heat and power plants, or what we call CHP, as more than 90% of these units are linked with the industrial sector. And what we've been seeing in recent months is a much lower CHP generation. Output in September and October, for instance, was at the lowest for any month since 1999. Is this drop in demand also a result of... um some of the energy savings policies implemented uh, across uh, across Europe by, by local governments? Uh, yes, totally. And in Eastern Europe, Slovenia is a nice example. The country aims to decrease power consumption in the peak load period between January and March this year by 10% compared with the average in the past five years which is in line with the objectives set by the European Union. There are now tenders for demand reduction and power traders, suppliers, aggregators and end consumers with at least one megawatt of consumption can participate. And in France, we have that energy sobriety plan, which aims at reducing energy consumption by, again, 10% of the next two years, although it's not really specified between the different types of energy. And some symbolic steps have already been announced, such as lowering heating by one degree. This has been repeated a lot through a kind of uh, communication campaign with ministers wearing those turtleneck jumpers to show how to cope with colder temperatures in buildings. And a similar initiative was seen in Austria, where the parliament passed a package to reduce the country's consumption of fossil fuels for power. But it was more like a market-based approach, as it included voluntary measures and an incentive mechanism for consumers through weekly tenders. The idea there is to give consumers financial compensation for their efforts. Uh, Italy also has decided to lower maximum heating temperatures with a two degree tolerance margin. 
but also with potential controls taking place in public buildings. And the Italian finance minister has said that more substantial measures will come in this year and will be modelled on those in Germany and the Netherlands, where power prices for households and small and medium businesses will be capped and anything beyond a certain volume will be charged at market prices. Uh, in Spain, room temperatures now cannot be higher than 19 degrees for heating or below 27 degrees for cooling in public buildings and across the service sector. These measures are set to be in place until the 1st of November this year. And the Spanish government estimates that each one degree reduction in heating or cooling can lead to a decrease of around 7% in energy consumption. That's uh, interesting. Um, but can I ask, uh, al alongside those uh, incentives for demand reduction, uh, are we seeing any policies uh, actually subsidizing energy consumption? So uh, therefore increasing electricity use? Uh, yes, but it's not that simple. Uh, for example, in Greece, the government uh, provides support for households with a monthly consumption of more than one megawatt hour, also granting an additional 50 euros per megawatt hour if they meet the 50% reduction target. So that is somehow rewarding their energy saving efforts without, without making the energy market prices reflected too much on their bills. In France, actually, the government has frozen the increase of regulated tariffs, acting like a buffer between the chaos in wholesale markets and the bills households have to pay. But some small businesses, such as bakeries, do not all fall under that protection mechanism and they have negotiated long-term supply contracts. Uh, Italy allocated 9.1 billion euros to increase tax credits for 30 to 40 percent of a business's electricity and natural gas consumption in December. Uh, so enlarging the scope of the measure to include smaller businesses that consume at least four and a half kilowatts of power. Uh, financial aid for poorer households, so those living on less than 15,000 euros per year, will cover most of the energy expenses until the 31st of March of this year. And then there will be an extra 22 to 23 billion euros for 2023 in the financial support, uh, which will be allocated at a later date, according to the country's prime minister. Thanks, Tim. Um, and as a final question, uh, looking ahead, how can electrification align with these uh, demand reduction targets? Well, we can definitely expect power demand to grow in the coming years. France, for example, has announced an ambitious plan to have 2 million electric vehicles by 2030 and a massive switch to electric heating as well. Other countries are also ramping up their electrification plans to move away from fossil fuels. So that rising demand together with the need to have more renewable capacity will definitely be a challenge for the stability of our grids in the next years to come. Uh, yes, Italy too wants to increase the scope of electric heating and many northern regions are keen on incentivizing the use of electric vehicles in their city centers. Uh, but if the plan is also to move away from fossil fuels, which is an EU-wide ambition laid out in the European Green Deal, uh, then such an increase in power demand will have to be met by things like speeding up the addition of renewables, uh, distributing power generation throughout the grid, and possibly turning to nuclear energy as a reliable source of baseload power. So thank you very much, Tim Senton, Tatiana Sirova, and Apostolos Zarikas. Uh, and thank you for listening. This is the end of our podcast. We hope you enjoyed. 
If you want more information about European power markets, including daily price assessments, news and analysis, you can download a sample report from our website, argosmedia.com. Thank you again. <laughs>